welcome to Minnesota West Farm Business Management Series of Podcasts. Hello, Jeremy Dabrico here, Minnesota West Farm Management out of Welcome. I'm Mike Dirks, Minnesota West Farm Management out of Worthington and Jackson. Jeremy tells me we've got a good speaker today. I'm fortunate enough to see Linda every time I go into my local FSA office. And since I have some CRP, as do a lot of our students and people listening, and because of the dry weather, the federal government has opened that up for some cutting and grazing, which I don't know a lot about. But Linda is our expert. Linda does a good job. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to have all the facts when she's completed. And just like the weather changes on a daily and hourly basis here in Minnesota, so may the government program. So be sure to check in with your local FSA office before you uh, do any cutting or grazing to ensure that you are compliant. Hi, uh, my name is Linda Steckenbroker. I'm the county director in uh, Jackson and Cottonwood County FSA office in southern Minnesota. And uh, today, uh, just asked to talk about the 2021 um, emergency hanging grazing of CRP, the application process, the rules of the uh, emergency hanging and grazing, and how it applies to various uh, parts of the country and parts of Minnesota, and how it could impact the CRP uh, process in the CRP acres um, and to review that all CRP participants and all CRP practices are eligible in a D2 practice uh, with the exception of wildlife food plots, with the exception of easements if they're in the re reinvest in Minnesota and or within 20 feet of um, a stream or water body. Uh, we will talk about the uh, timeframes as far as when the uh, emergency hanging and grazing starts, and that would typically be after the primary nesting season, and in southern Minnesota, that would be August 2nd. 100% uh, of acres under the 2018 Farm Bill are eligible for emergency hanging and grazing, which is a change from the 2014 Farm Bill. And I uh, want to remind CRP participants that they are the persons responsible for the CRP haying and grazing permit and the CRP grazing request. And they are responsible for any cover that is destroyed or as a result of participating and will be responsible for the reestablishment of the uh, CRP uh, cover at their own expense. And I want to remind producers that there is no payment reduction for the CRP participant to participate in emergency haying and grazing. Under the previous Farm Bill, it was a 25% reduction in their payment um, for CRP annual payment. And it, under the 2018 Farm Bill, there is no payment reduction, which is good news for CRP participants. And also that emergency haying and grazing can be utilized to meet the mid-contract management required for CRP the, if a producer does authorize um, CRP emergency haying and grazing, they can substitute that emergency haying and grazing for one of those mid-contract management activities. So that will save the producer or the contract holder some money of hiring somebody to go out and clip their CRP and maintain it. And, and it also then does that double duty. So that's a, that's a great option. And I think a lot of CRP participants are um, going to take advantage of that selection and substitute that haying and grazing option. There's, it's limited for haying. This question comes up quite a bit. How many cuttings can I take? And it's limited to one cutting. 
and it's a very limited short time frame as well. Emergency haying and grazing for those counties that are eligible, it starts on August 2nd and it ends on September 30th. So after September 30th, you have to stop cutting hay. You can't cut anymore after that. And you also have to pull all of the livestock off. So the grazing ends and the emergency haying ends on that time frame. We get a lot of questions like, well, how long do they have to get the livestock off? So September 30th is that deadline as well. The haying part, if you cut on the 20th of September, and by the time you get it baled and get it off, you have 15 days for getting the hay off of the field to be October 15th. But the grazing, the, the cattle or the livestock have to be off of the field by September 30th. We have questions regarding what type of livestock can I graze out there? Uh, they can graze cattle, goats, sheep, but horses would not be eligible to be grazed on the CRP. We've had that question. So it would have to be just the eligible livestock of cattle, sheep, or goats. Linda, you had said something about the grazing height limit was uh, six inches. You got any tips or techniques on how to keep our animals only grazing six inches? Well, no, uh, except for, I, I suppose you could go out there with a ruler, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is the responsibility of the um, part CRP participant to outline that. I do know that in being out on some CRP land, the gophers seem to kind of take over once in a while on the CRP contract. So I think most guys know, hey, and CRP, I don't want to get down below six inches because I'm going to bust my sickle bars or, you know, I'm going to run into mounds. And um, likewise with the cattle, you kind of kind of just keep your eye on how, how, how heavy they're um, pushing on the CRP and you might have to do some rotational grazing. So I, I think most guys can monitor that six inches um, on the CRP, but you're just going to have to teach your cows better, Jeremy, maybe. Train well, them. If you're looking at someone to volunteer to go out and measure after the fact, Mike said he's got some spare time coming in so he can get out there and, and see if I've uh, overgrazed. I do not remember that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember that, Mike? Oh, I do not remember that conversation. <laughs> Maybe it was your wife that volunteered you. I'm not sure, but I know your name was on the list. <laughs> Let's just hope there's a lot of rain. I, I you know, I think there'll be some spot checking of it. Time for a triple F, the fun farm facts. This week's topic is potatoes. Potatoes are the leading vegetable crop in the United States adding up to 15% of all vegetables sold during the course of a year. Second fun fact, a sweet potato is not a potato. It is from the root family, a potato is a vegetable. Third fun fact, over 50% of all potatoes are processed for French fries, chips, and dehydrated potatoes. I will give you a few more fun facts on potatoes at the end of this podcast. Back to you, Jeremy. Thanks, Mike. What other questions have you been receiving, Linda? We've had questions about, well, I'm a CRP participant and I don't have livestock and I don't have a payment reduction. Can I rent that out or can I lease out the privilege or can I charge for the hay? And that is entirely up to the CRP participant and the person grazing and or haying. We don't control that, but there's no penalty for charging for the hay or charging for the grazing rights. So that can be rented and, and we don't get into that and we don't even want to 
know what you're charging, if you are charging. So those are pretty much the restrictions in regard to paying requirements and the grazing requirements go. One thing that would change in a lot of the counties in Minnesota and in Iowa, they're in a D2 drought monitor. Which the next one is released on July 29th. So we will know if we are D2 or D3 in every county of the state. If it, we bump up and we go to a D3, designated as a D3, then we get into what we call the livestock forage program, grazing program. And with the livestock forage program, once we hit that D3 monitor um, for the county, then the eligibility is going to change a little bit for emergency haying and grazing. And what happens is, is that once we get into the livestock forage, the percent of hay that can be taken and or the percent of that can be grazed is going to be reduced to 50%. And also what's going to happen is, is the acres or the practices are going to be reduced as well that are eligible for CRP. You'll remember under D2, you can do all of them except for food plot, the rim acres, easement acres, and within 20 feet. Once it hits the D3 level, then the eligible practices are reduced to CP1, which is introduced grasses, and CP2, which is just a native grass, uh, the 4B and 4D, which is wildlife. So it's greatly reduced. Some counties in Minnesota and some counties in Iowa have already been designated as D3. So the CRP participants would want to be very careful. They know and that they work with their FSA office in regard to if it's 100% or 50% on the beginning day of haying and or grazing. You know, the question is, is well, I applied and on August 2nd, I went out and I hate it and I hate 100%. And then we hit D3 come, you know, September 1st. Am I going to be penalized because I did 100%? No, that was the rule at the time that you applied. And that was the rule on the day that you um, actually did the activity, the haying and or grazing. So we'll have to be very watchful of what county your CRP is located in. And as far as that drought monitor goes. One thing that is very clear is that this is county specific and it's physical county. So land, you know, you want to check, you know, when you're applying to that in Minnesota, the majority of the Western counties are in D2 or eligible for emergency haying and grazing. There may be some counties on the map in Minnesota on the Eastern edge of Minnesota that are still not eligible, but the majority of the, all the way from the Canadian border down to Iowa, west of the Twin Cities is eligible for um, emergency haying and grazing. And there are maps that producers or that landowners can look at. If they go to the USDA, FSA USDA website, they can find those maps that are eligible. But again, if you hay it or graze it, you can donate it to somebody, you can sell it on the open market, you can rent the ground out for the haying and grazing purposes. We do not monitor that. There is an application process. Should we go over that? Sure. I know this from specifics. I did mine yesterday. It's not very difficult. And I was told by our technician, if I called ahead of time, I wouldn't have to wait in the lobby. And I could have picked up my paperwork and left. But it's not painful at all. But Linda, tell us about the process. We're trying to shore it up and have packets ready in our two counties, and I think a lot of other counties are trying to do that well. First of all, the request needs to be in writing, 
from the CRP participant. So all CRP participants on the CRP contract do need to sign the agreement to hay and or grace. So if you, you know, have four people, they're landowners that are on the CRP contract, all four of them need to sign. A lot of questions are, well, I have power of attorney for the people to sign the contracts in the FSA. Do I need a special power of attorney to sign this? No, you don't. The person that has power of attorney has um, authorization to sign those documents. And also, the before you start haying and grazing, the FSA office does need to give you approval, and they'll give you an approval letter once it's, everything has been approved and signed. So first thing is, request it and leave approval in writing before you go out and do your haying and grazing. We do need to be specify the number and location of acres to be hayed or grazed on the FSA maps, so you do need to draw that out. I've had the question, well, if I apply for all of the CRP acres on the CRP contract, am I locked into that? Or if they don't get it all hayed, is that okay? And the answer is yes. So if you say I'm gonna hay all 50 acres on the CRP contract and, and in the end, all that is harvested or hayed is 25 acres, you need to just report that you only did 25 acres on the map and redraw it after you're done. We do need to record the requested activity. So again, you need to, when you apply at the FSA office, you will be asked, are you gonna hay this parcel or are you going to graze that parcel? And if you change uh, your mind, you do need to alert the FSA office, oh, I'm not haying, I'm going to graze it instead. So we do need to know that prior to just make changing your mind. You mentioned something about not being able to graze within 20 feet of water. Yet if I'm grazing animals, I need access to water. I may have to haul water in. Yeah, you would. The 20 feet, you know, you would have to be mindful that especially along um, streams and or sensitive areas with the, like the Des Moines River or the Blue Earth River, the Minnesota River, et cetera. That's something that, you know, NRCS is always available that you can um, visit with the uh, NRCS district conservationist about that um, so that we can make sure that we stay away from out of those parameters, but yet that you do have access um, for um, your livestock if necessary. Again, as I stated, all CRP participants on the CRP contract must sign the request and all CRP participants are also um, required to obtain a modified conservation plan. And it's a very simple plan, very simple, um, two pages. And it just, again, asks you some simple questions about um, what fields you're going to hay and or graze. And if you are going to be grazing it, we're going to ask you a couple more questions. You're going to have to know um, how many head of livestock are out there. So we have to make sure that you're not overstocking. Um, we're going to ask you for the type of livestock that you're um, going to be putting out there. And then we will do a calculation as far as stocking rates and the number of days that you can graze. So if you're going to put, you know, for example, if you're going to put 50 head of cattle out on a 10 acre pet parcel, they're going to get to that six inch limit faster than if you only put 10 head out there. So we're going to calculate that you might be limited to 20 days of grazing instead of 
you know, all of them. So that calculation will be taken care of. So we do need to know that. So if you are the landowner and and Jeremy, uh, you're the person going out there to putting the, you know, stocking cattle out there, the CRP participant should bring you along or ask you, hey, how many head of cattle are you going to put out there? You know, are they cow-calf pairs? Are they just, you know, some heifers or steers you're going to put out there? Or are you just going to be young calves? We don't need to know what, what type you're going to be putting out there. Then what happens once you've told us and you've filled out the paperwork and you've signed those documents, then it comes back and NRCS is our technician for the conservation plan. They would have to sign off that, yes, the conservation plan, it looks good. The stocking rates are okay. We've got this covered. And then FSA county committee, and they can redelegate it to me, the CD, or to the CD to sign that and approve that conservation plan of operation. And then once that's done, we issue a letter. You're good to go. You can go ahead August 2nd, after August 2nd, to take care of the CRP haying and or grazing. Last thing that needs to be done is the CRP participant needs to report back to FSA office the number of acres that were actually hayed and or grazed on the CRP contract. What's the timeline? Oh, it's really quick. We, As soon as we have the applications done, program technician submits them to NRCS. NRCS knows this is a time sensitive, so they've kind of been prioritizing it in most county offices. They sign off on them. The county committee signs off. And so I'd say within a week, we are hoping that all of ours, for instance, in Jackson and Cottonwood County, that if you've applied for August 2nd, we'll have all of those back approvals out. That way you don't so, have to wait till the 3rd or the 5th of August. You've got approval and you on the 2nd, if it's fit, you can cut or grace. Correct. Right, right. Yep. Unless you apply on August 2nd. You know, and there's, that's another question, you know, guys go, oh, do I have to apply before August 2nd if I come in, you know, on August 10th? Am I out? No, you're not out. You know, you can apply anytime up until September 30th, the final day to hay or grace. But that's a good question, Jeremy. Um, but a lot of guys are getting the ball rolling now so that they're prepared so they know what they're going to do. And again, remember that CRP participant can use that emergency haying and grazing and utilize that to meet the mid-contract management. So that CRP participant should make a request at that time to say, hey, I would like to use that option. So then we can have that in writing for the contract as well. Works best in both ways. You can get a crop off of it if needed for the livestock producer and you're doing your management at the same time. It's a two for one deal if you ask me. Yeah, it is. And it's other agencies like U.S. Fish and Wildlife, they utilize the grazing to keep their um, native grasses juvenated and the cover in good working condition. And so, you know, this could be a win-win for everybody. We reduce the pressure for our livestock producers that the pastures are short. They're, they're done. There's really not a lot there. And a lot of the hay fields are short. So yeah, it's a win-win for everybody. It, it assists our livestock producers and it assists our CRP maintenance of our CRP contracts. Excellent. Thank you. Mike, yeah. do you have any questions? I do not. The question I had was answered. You cannot both cut and graze. So that's the only question I had before we started this. You did a job of covering everything, Linda. Thank you. It's not difficult. That let's just put it that way. It's a very simple process to apply for the CRP 
And again, it is the CRP landowner or CRP participants, yes or no, as to whether it will happen or not. Well, so if I'm in a review, if I was a livestock producer and I had some CRP, if I talk to that landowner or participant of CRP and say, hey, would you be willing to have me graze or hay this? Uh, because we can, then if we work together, the, the participant calls FSA, gets the paperwork done. The participant goes into FSA, signs the paperwork. The producer then, livestock producer, hays or graze it, refers back to the CRP participant on what was done and how much. They report that to you, and that's the process. You guys yeah. do all the legwork in the office. Yeah, exactly, Jeremy. That's exactly right. And it, it, one other thing is the CRP participant does not have to come to the county office. Remember that we can do a lot of things by mail. We can do a lot of things by email. We can do a lot of things by fax. And then we also can do what we call one span where we can send the electronically send the documents out to the CRP participant and they can click on it and electronically sign that back to our office. So you know, they don't even necessarily have to come to the FSA office. So that's another good clarification, Jeremy, that, you know, there's multitude of ways to um, work with your FSA office, um, you know, whether you're, you know, can drive to the office or if you need to do everything electronically or by mail. The key word there, the sooner we get a hold of you, the better. That way you have some lead time to get us approval to get that hair grazed starting on the 2nd of August. Absolutely. Yep. And again, August 2nd is the primary nesting season for Minnesota. So it does vary in Iowa and South Dakota or, or Northern Minnesota. So you'd want to check with your FSA office in regard to what the start time is and the designated time frame. So yes, good question. Excellent. I appreciate your time, Linda. Look forward to working with you in the future. And I can't wait to get my letter to say that I can hay and graze my CRP acres. Yeah, exactly. I think it should be the same answer across the board from all county FSA offices, unless you're in that D3 situation. So, and we will keep everybody up and alert on that. So, well, I'm going to hope for rain so no one gets into the D3 and we can stay in D2 or better. Exactly. That would be the best scenario of all. Yes, exactly. The final fun farm facts for the day on potatoes. Idaho grows one-third of all the potatoes in the United States each year. Potatoes are 80% water and 20% solids. And the first French fry in America was served in the White House during the Thomas Jefferson administration. So he gets credit for introducing French fries to America. There's your fun farm facts. Next week, we'll be talking about cranberries. Well, that includes our show for today. Stay tuned for our next podcast coming up in two weeks. All right. If you would like more information uh, about uh, farm business management, we have 19 instructors covering the, the geography of southwestern Minnesota, west central Minnesota, southeastern South Dakota, and northwestern Iowa, working with about 750 farmers. For more information, you can contact us at 507-847-7929 or at sue, S-U-E dot L-O-V-E-L-L at M-N-West dot E-D-U. Or follow us on Facebook at uh, Minnesota West Community and Technical College of Farm Business Management. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Minnesota West.